if we are the church, that doesn't just happen as a corporate body altogether gathered. It happens one-on-one in community. If the body is meeting together, we can do some church. You're listening to For the City, a podcast of Gospel City Church. We're unpacking a simple question this season. What kind of church is Gospel City? Our lead pastor, Micah Klutnati, has set a vision for our church to be known as a family church, a missional church, an equipping church, a worshiping church, and a simple church. As we close out our focus on church as a family, we're talking with Pastor Tyler Downing, the Next Steps and Small Groups pastor at Gospel City, about how small groups help the church act like a family. In the 1960s, home-based groups began to take the place of Sunday school as the primary setting for fostering Christian formation in local churches throughout the week. But does it still work in this day and age? Does it actually accomplish the goals of helping people feel like they're part of the family? Let's find out in this conversation about the power of small groups. Well, hey everybody, what's up, Aaron? Good to see you again. And we're here here with our great friend, Pastor Tyler Downing. Howdy. Tyler, tell us, what's your role at the church? So my role is Next Steps Pastor in small groups. Pastor, so I oversee our groups that meet in homes throughout the weeks, uh, throughout the week. And uh, and then the other portion is I spend a lot of time with uh, engaging with new guests, helping them kind of find their place in the church, connecting, growing, serving, finding some people that can know them better you know, a room of 600 is able to know each other. Kind of a cool thing about your role is you always have a great pulse on who's new at the church, getting them to st- take a step into the church and like membership. And then because you're tied to small groups, we're getting people into community, which makes a big church feel a lot smaller. And uh, I think that's pretty cool. You love that? I do. You know, I think um, as our church has grown, uh, we, we, we always say we want to try to find ways to drive it smaller. So um, you walk into a room of 600 and I love the idea of getting you eventually into a room of, you know, maybe 60 in like a membership course or something like that into a room of 15 where you can be better known. And then finally, really honestly, just with a cup of coffee with one other person, files opened vulnerability happening. And in a room of 600, it can feel kind of intimidating you can kind of, some people get lost in it. Some people hide in it. You can, yeah, you can remain anonymous if you choose to. Mm-hmm. So we've been talking about what it means to be a family church and kind of the idea of discipleship and every generation not growing in their faith and knowing one another. Uh, small groups have been historically a big part of this church. We've, we've said from the start of Gospel City, which we're about 15 years old, we've always said we're not just a church with small groups, we're a church of small groups. What do we mean? What do we mean by that? I think it's a lot of different small groups that meet in homes throughout the week, and then together they come together on a Sunday, corporately gathered for worship and the preaching of the word. Um, and so, hopefully, the folks at church on Sunday are also in a small group throughout the week, and it's just a bunch of small groups coming together to do church together. And it's kind of been a a methodology <laughs> uh, and a philosophical thing from the start of our church, like. Sunday, when I was growing up, we all went to Sunday school. Did you go to Sunday school? Absolutely. Yeah. And Sunday school was great. Like it was the smaller environment Mm -hmm. where you studied and you got a little more apologetic and asked more questions and learned things that wasn't. And there were always donuts. Always donuts. Yes. (laughs) That was a great thing about 
church in those days. (laughs) We love donuts. And bad coffee. (laughs) Bad coffee, donuts. But uh, And then Sunday school has kind of gone away over the last Mm -hmm. 10 years or 15 years, and small groups have come in. And so when we were planting Gospel City, it was very much like, hey, you're going to come on Sunday morning, and we're going to do church, but we want every member in a small group, and that's where you're going to get that community, and that's where you're going to be held accountable, and that's where you're going to have discussion and grow. And for the most part, that has been a really amazing thing. It's, it's helped us. What are, what are some of the benefits of small group that we've seen? Oh, my goodness. Well, the, the way I like to talk about them is uh, as a greenhouse for growth. So if the goal is uh, presenting folks mature in mm-hmm. Christ, Colossians 128, working, toiling, um, so that we may present people mature, I think we got to ask ourselves, what is a mature disciple? Yeah. How do we get there? And I think part of the answer uh, is small groups. So I think they're a great greenhouse to seeing people mature into Christ-likeness. Um, they, do, they do a lot of things that um, other environments might not do as well. I guess I'll say it that way. Yeah. How have you been benefited from small groups over the years? Myself? Yeah. Uh, so I... My first small group that I went to here at Gospel City before we were Gospel like before we changed our name, um, was an environment um, where we would do, I mean, very much like we still do it now, large group together, and then we do mutual ministry, which is another way of saying men together. Accountability. Oh, I'm so sorry. We call it something different now. Accountability. I, I apologize. <laughs> Accountability time with men and with men and women with women. Um, the ways I benefited the most in my small group was intentional questions of how are you doing and getting God's word? What's your prayer life like? How can we pray for you? Um, but also as a single woman in the church, I felt cared for as by families. So I, I watched my small group leaders, kids so they could have a date night. Hmm. Um, but that gave yeah. me an opportunity to have kids in my life so that, you know, we all need kids in our lives. It gives us an opportunity to talk about the Bible in really like, you know, simple ways as well as big ways. So this has been a really great, that was a really great season for me. I felt cared for. I felt known. Um, and not just like, oh, you're in, it, it didn't feel like an obligation. It felt, I felt loved yeah. by, by them. I think I'd like to quote you as well. If okay. I can. Yeah. Um, a couple of years ago, we were talking about this and you said, um, some good friends are in my small group, but uh, friendship is not the highest goal. You didn't say that part. I say that part. Okay. Uh, but what you said was, it's a time when I get to spend time with the people who care about the most important things yes. in my mm. life. Yeah. And I love that vision yeah. for small groups. It's, so we talked true. about, um, we talk about, it's a primary place where you can be known, cared for, and discipled um, through things like accountability and belonging, practicing the one another's. Yeah. Small groups are uniquely designed to go after a lot of those things in a way that it's just hard to in a room of 600. Or right. I think even, even in a church of a hundred people, 200 people, it's hard to practice all of the unifying things mm-hmm. that the body is, is meant to do. Mm-hmm. So like you, I'm thinking of Ephesians four, mm-hmm. walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. And that's a, a command to individuals in the context of the local church and the unity and it says we're, we're to do that with humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with mm-hmm. one another in love, eager to maintain unity in the spirit of the bond of peace. And then there's one body, there's one spirit, one Lord, one mm-hmm. baptism, one mm-hmm. faith, all of that. And by grace given to each one of us, we use the, the, the gift that Christ has 
lavished upon us. Mm-hmm. That's hard to do in a room of yes. 600 people, yep. 700 people. Mm-hmm. That's hard to do in a room of 100 people. Mm-hmm. But man, if you will be known in a room of 12 yeah. in, a, in, in their families, yep. you can u- really use your gift mm-hmm. to bless other people. You can be yeah. a blessing to their kids. Yeah. You can be a blessing to the elderly in the church. Yeah. Uh, families are blessings to singles in the mm-hmm. church. And we're getting together, knowing one another, hearing vulnerability and transparency from one another, bearing with burdens, working out dissension. Mm-hmm. And that is the body being the body. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and so um, you you mentioned the gifts, and I I love thinking about that because um, on a Sunday morning, a lot of the gifts uh, may not find their fullest and most complete Mm. expression. Mm. Uh, So a teaching gift will, a worship leading gift, some of those kinds of things. But think about somebody with a gift of hospitality. Mm -hmm. If they're limited to a Sunday, then then are they limited to you know opening a door? Mm -hmm. Uh, Not that that's not valuable. It's just that man, somebody with the gift of hospitality, let's. Let's use all of the muscle that that person brings. Well, where is that going to find its expression? It's in a small group, making a stranger feel welcome. Somebody who is, uh, um, you know, nervous about walking into a house. They don't know how they're going to be accepted for the first time. But somebody in that group with hospitality uh, immediately just makes them feel welcome and, um, you know, starts pursuing them in relationship. Um, We need that. I think another one is encouragement. You know, I get encouraged on Sunday. I'm sure you do too. Some people. Yeah. Come up and say great word, brother, or whatever. Um, and uh, and there and we know those people in the church, and and they're always encouraging, um, and they mean so well. But um, when when somebody really knows me and what makes me tick, and the lies that I tell myself about myself, and they know how to speak a word of encouragement to me, it'll it'll sink deeper because they know me. Well, where do they where do they come to know me? It's in a small group. So, so there's a lot of gifts that, that can be, that can find some use on a Sunday and then, um, man, just find, uh, such a much, uh, fuller expression through group life be, just because we know each other well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's really important to, to rest on there for a minute because our gifts are not just meant for Sunday morning. Yeah. Like we don't just bring our gifts that God's given us to church with us. We, it's body life with other believers that we should be expressing throughout the week. And so having the opportunity to use them to love the body and serve the body on a Tuesday afternoon, you need people in your life to do that, you know? Nor are the gifts best to to the masses, you know? Like, I think you can, I think sometimes we can think like, oh, the cream of the crop is the guy using his gift on Sunday morning, Mm -hmm. you know, preaching or leading worship or something. Mm -hmm. And that's not true. Like, Mm -hmm. Jesus spent a majority of his time with 12 and with three. Yeah. And it was in those settings that he was loving and praying and, and, and part imparting wisdom and healing and taking his time with people who were hurting and compassionate and all of the things that you get that aren't seen on a platform. Yeah. And I think it's dangerous. That is a danger of the big church. The bigger you get, the less you can put people in prominent mm-hmm. positions. Mm-hmm. But what the, what the gospel proclaims, what our spiritual gifts proclaim and what smaller groups proclaim Mm -hmm. is that everyone has a unique gift and everyone has an ability to use it to the glory of God and for the edification of the saints. And that's just amazing. And I think it also has to do with the the definition of church. So we talk about the church being a family, a body, um, a a unified whole, you know, and it's church is not the thing that happens on a Sunday morning. It is a gathering. It's a vital gathering. Yeah, uh, uh, the corporate gathering of believers gathered together, encouraging which one another, 
um, through uh, the word and worship and those things. Um, but, but yeah, which that doesn't just happen as a corporate body altogether gathered. Yeah. It happens uh, one-on-one in community. It can happen in a small group, not to say that every time two people are gathered, ch- the actual church is taking <laughs> place. There's ordinances and the preaching of the word and those things. Um, but if, but if the body is meeting together, we can do some church, encourage each other, mm-hmm. you know, at a, a Starbucks on a Wednesday morning, hmm. um, the same way, and maybe in a better way than we can on a Sunday morning with the people that we might not know as well. Um, and so, yeah, I, I just love seeing, and the other thing about the gifts is that I think there are a lot of folks in our church who might not even know their gift that well. They've not really explored it mm-hmm. um they they've not kind of tried on like how, how has god made me who's mm-hmm. god made me to be and i've seen i've witnessed as i sit in groups other people draw out mm-hmm. from others and they'll say man i really you don't, you don't i don't know if you realize this but you're more encouraging than most mm-hmm. people oh, really? yeah I, really, I thought mm-hmm. everybody was like that no that's kind of your thing um and and so they you know they they, they get encouraged by that statement and and are affirmed um, and then more boldly kind of step into that. And so you can explore and kind of practice and, and really find uh, how the Lord has made you and how he has made you uniquely different than the other people in your group. And then you begin to boldly and confidently um, act in that gift. You'll use it more because you're more aware that you have it. Hmm. So practically, that's great. The way that we've done small groups, what's kind of the structure that you guys have been a part of? Like when I've been in a small group or go to small group, you know, we show up and there's usually some just like dinner, mm-hmm. seeing how one another's life is, you know, snacks, that kind of thing. We're all talking. Sometimes there's kids running around. Sometimes there's not. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. We can talk about that in a minute. But then <laughs> yeah. um, and, and then we all, we get together, uh, everyone, uh, girls, guys in yeah. a big circle. And if we're going through like pulpit questions or mm-hmm. going through the Bible, we we just kind of sit around, read. We our small group always reads the word together aloud, which I think is really mm, cool. Yep. We'll go around the circle. Everyone's reading a piece. And then we usually discuss some things in that time. And then we break up in guys and girls and do the whole accountability thing, like mm-hmm. what's going on in your life. That's the kind of the structure we've done. Mm-hmm. Basically, yeah. And I think there's intentionality behind that structure, even behind the snacks or the meal that you might yeah. eat. Um, it's kind of an underutilized thing in our culture <laughs> now. We don't really eat Food, together as often. Yeah. That's you know, true. I know yeah. So many families. That was a big who deal were, in the early yeah, church. Yeah, yeah, they're pumping fries in the kids as they go to the next thing, <laughs> yeah. that sort of thing. Um, but man, there's so much value in. And so our small group, we we spend 45 minutes. I have to. I, I do have to kind of. All right, five minute warning. We're gonna we're gonna transition now into the into the. They they all see me start moving all the chairs and they know okay it's time to switch. Uh, but for that first initial time, it's a really great time mm-hmm. to spend together. Just share a meal together. Life on um, life. Yeah, yeah. And and I, when somebody has a, a kind of a harder thing they might need to share with somebody else, uh, maybe if I see something in your life that I don't know vibes with what I see in the scriptures. Yeah. If I'm if I'm able to bring that to you in a loving, humble way, over some biscuits, mm-hmm. you know. Biscuits and gravy. <laughs> yeah. We haven't actually done biscuits ever, but we have done, we have done food that came breakfast and crumpets. Yeah. You know, some biscuits. Yeah. yeah, there you go, like a cookie. Like Something, a yeah. Cookie. I mean, hey, eat this, and then I'm gonna, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a word. You know, well, and just encourage great. you and spur you on, and yeah. and and uh, and so and so. There's a relational aspect of the meal that's just really beautiful. And yeah, our kids, man, we have our so our group is, I think, 17 when we're all together, 17 adults. Uh, and 11 kids. One of those is still in the womb, but we're going to count. Awesome. <laughs> Props so. that you're outnumbering the kids at this point, though. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how long that's going to last. 
Uh, praise the Lord. But yeah, and, and so there's some chaos, but and you get to watch parents interact with their kids mm-hmm. uh, and you can learn some things. Yeah, you can. And mm. that's a cool thing. And yeah. so it's not wasted time. It's mm-hmm. not just like, well, we got to figure out how to feed everybody to make small mm. group work. Um, so it's a good thing to... to so what do y'all do time. with the 11 kids while you meet in intentional time? That is a great question. What you're really asking is, how do we solve the problem of taking care of the kiddos in school? And, and what I think is important is, uh, Aaron mentioned watching kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we've had the question, how do yeah. you solve the problem of kids with small mm-hmm. group? And what we want, this whole family discipleship thing is yeah. like, it is not a problem. Yes. Yes. Kids are not a problem. Yes. Right. Kids are a blessing from the Lord. And they're Amen. part of your small group. And yeah. they're part of your small group. But talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so in the in the few small groups that I think I've led three or four different, um, we've solved it different ways. Yeah, um, I my kids are coming to an age now where if um, they so desire and the conversation's appropriate, they'll mm. sit in. That's awesome. You know, we don't make them, mm-hmm. um, but there have been times when they don't want to leave the room, and it's like, cool, come hang and let mm-hmm. us hear, hear us discuss. You know, creation. We're walking through Genesis right now, mm-hmm. um, and it's a great thing. And they get to ponder and ask and and have questions. And I can't tell you how many times somebody else in my group has um, encouraged one of my kiddos. A couple of years mm-hmm. ago, um, um, my older daughter had a hard day at school. She felt like she was the only Christian. And, um, and so she, she struggled through it. It was Christmas time, and there was a lot of talk about Santa, and she didn't love mm-hmm. that and kind of outed <laughs> Santa <laughs> as not real yeah. and caught some flack for that and that kind of thing. It's great. I loved it. I'm like, do it. Keep doing it. <laughs> Um, but caught some flack and felt really lonely. And then Aww. some folks in our group were able to just come around her and encourage her. And, and of course her parents are doing that, but you know, our kids are kind of like, yeah, you have to, you're right. You're going to do that. You're dad. <laughs> but when somebody else does it, you know, the, the cool aunt or whatever from or uncle from the group does it, it just, it's, it's great. And I just love watching folks minister to my kids. I love ministering to kids in you know, my group that, you know, obviously aren't, aren't ours. So yeah, we solved it a lot of different ways. Um, you know, we're able to have a basement now. We just finished it uh, so that we could have a space for them. Older watch the younger, that kind of thing. Mm. It's a great place to kind of have a younger babysitter than you mm-hmm. would probably leave your kids at home alone with. Yeah. Because we're just upstairs. Sure. And so, you know, if something... And you can use it to teach them service. Right. Mm-hmm. That's, I'm, I love that about what you guys are doing. And to be honest, my wife and I, Nicole, like we're like in a season trying to figure out how we can do something like that. Mm. And, and, and we miss that opening our home and mm, letting our yeah. kids be a part of it. I'm a product of a house that <laughs> from the, from the time I was born to the time I moved out at 18, mm-hmm. my parents did Monday night Bible study and it went from 40 to, you know, sometimes there'd be 13, sometimes there'd be a ton of people, mm. but it was always like this kind of thing. It was an environment of, of, fellowship it was an environment of sharing with one another it was an environment of learning from the word discussing the word and then praying together and i'm telling like i hated it as a teenager (laughs) at times yeah and yet my parents made me be a part of it and when i look back now i saw real life christianity happening like i saw people who weren't perfect Mm -hmm. i saw people coming in and out of my house who were like just out of prison Mm -hmm. who had just given their life to the lord or who were trying to get over addictions and or just divorced or going through hard marriage things. And it was the word just and prayer just constantly on display in my house that showed me, wow, my parents live this and believe mm-hmm. this. And I love that. And I want to give that to my kids. And, and I, I know lots of our small group leaders are trying to do that. Like they're seeing the value of 
every generation, yeah. their kids seeing Christianity on display in their mm-hmm. house. And I think that's what small groups do 100%. so well. Yeah, yeah for sure. I think there are some wise moments uh, you, you, when you do accountability, men Definitely. are meeting with men, women are we, yeah. meeting with women. Um, and so there are some practical things that you'll, you'll need to think through, uh, but they're so worth it. I mean, whatever the solution that you figure out, uh, it's, it's worth it if you value small groups enough. I mean, anything that we commit to, we're going to say no to other things so that mm-hmm. we can continue to say yes to this thing that we've decided to say yes to. And so when you say yes to small group and you commit, you're devoting yourself to, to these things. And that means you're going to de-devote to maybe some other ways that you've been yeah. spending your time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we have, we have groups that um, maybe it'll be a couple of folks who watch the kids one week and then another couple another week, different solutions like that. Sometimes they do. Uh, so there's rotating things. Sometimes there's a babysitter that lives nearby that they pay. Um, and so there's, there's lots of different solutions. There's not one yeah. way. Uh, but I, I think um, it, it's, it's, a, it's worth um, going after to have a time mm-hmm. where you can, meet together and you know especially that time without the kiddos when you're doing accountability uh accountability is so worth it that you know figure it out yeah uh so we we like i said when we planted the church major emphasis on small groups everyone Mm -hmm. in a small group and then in the last couple years it's been like hey we really our church has grown we got a lot of people there's a lot of people who are new to the gospel new to faith Mm -hmm. And we want our people to have biblical literacy. Yeah. And that's probably the thing that, you know, when we substituted Sunday school for small groups, mm. you stopped learning theological truths and mm-hmm. apologetics and the way to interact with the Bible and some of those things. So mm-hmm. we've really made an effort of like building that up in our church. So in the last couple of years, we've added some theological classes. And then this year, we've really defined some studies. So groups, classes, and studies, we still have all three of those environments. Mm -hmm. All of them are a smaller environment for growing as a disciple, Mm -hmm. but each of them emphasize something different. Mm -hmm. So Aaron, tell us a little bit about what do you think they emphasize? What's the difference? What's what's classes emphasizing? What's studies emphasizing? So classes is going to emphasize like a doctrinal or theological depth. So you're going to, you're going to go deeper in understanding what, um, you know, the meta narrative of scripture or, um, you know, what our doctrinal beliefs are here. But there's so, still a small group aspect. But there's small groups, yeah. So you, you'll get some teaching, um, but you're going to do some homework, and you're going to sit at around a table, and you're going to discuss those things specifically. When we get into studies, that's a little bit more like we're, gonna pick an, we're taking a book of the Bible, and we're going to dig a little deeper in that scripture. We're still, in this aspect, we're still in like a group setting. You get homework during the week. You sit under teaching, and you sit around a table, and you talk about that particular book of the Bible. And in that, we get reflection. We get application. Those things happen. Um, We always say it's kind of like in-room care. Like you're going to, if someone has a need or they need prayer, they're really struggling something, our prayer is that God reveals those things to them as they open God's word. And Mm. so they'll talk about that. But... A small group is a little bit more fellowship centric um, and a little bit more of that like intimate relationship that you might carry outside of that group space that you could say, hey, you know, I'm going through the Bible study this year and God's really going deep um, with me on these things. And you're going to get you're going to get accountability in a study, but you're going to get an extra layer of that in your small group. 
Um, and in that small group space, you're going to get someone who's going to go hard after you on accountability. Um, and you know, our studies are, our studies and classes, those are 11 week sessions. Small groups are a little bit more of like a longer ongoing. ongoing. So you, you know, those people in a deeper way. And so your small group, I really like what, um, Tyler said about it being a greenhouse for growth. Yeah. Um, because you really do need the aspect, you need to be studying God's word on your own. You just do. You need to be coming on Sunday and hearing it preached. That's really important. Um, but you also need fellowship. You need relationships for people to know you. Um, it is very easy for people to come probably mostly to a study and just fly under the radar. Like, I'm going to come. I'll answer a question. I'll take a few notes. I'll go home. People do that on Sunday, too. Um, in a small group, it's a little bit harder because you get to accountability time and someone looks you right in the eye and says, hey, how are you doing with that problem? Or, you know, and mm. you can either be a liar or you can, yeah. or you we can, talk about you that. know, That's good. and, um, and it's like the most growth happens when people, when you do it together, when people go hard after you and hold you accountable. Cause it's, it's even easy to say, I'm going to work on this. And then, you know, someone will ask you, oh yeah, well, you know, to not progress no one, a lot of people aren't going to notice that in 11 weeks, but you're going to notice that in 22 weeks or 35 weeks or whatever. You'd be like, Hey, this has been a prayer request for right. a year and a half. <laughs> like let's make an action plan, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, and we recognize like people can't be in everything. People's lives right. are busy. People have families. So we're encouraging people, Hey, prioritize the gathering on Sunday, the yep. first day of the week. That's so important. And then everybody should be in at least one setting for growth. Yeah get in one group class or study. I think the more we refine this, and I think the way we've positioned like our studies to be on Wednesdays throughout the day, or like our men are meeting at 6 a.m. and our classes on Sunday nights, I think you could be in two settings. I don't think you yes. have to be in two settings, but I think that possible. I think it's, a, it's so possible because <clears throat> the 11-week on-ramp and off-ramp is, is wonderful for growing your mm -hmm. theological ability or your biblical understanding and being in the authoritative teaching of God's word, but your small group is just your community. Mm -hmm. and, you, and you've built that, and you've grown with that, and hopefully you grow in discipleship to where you're like, hey, I need to start leading a small group. Yes. So I'm going <laughs> to split off of this thing. Well, multiply is a better word than split. We multiply <laughs> small groups, and you take people into your home, and then you start discipling others and younger believers yeah. and that. Yeah, I think uh, the danger in, you know, talking about groups, classes, and studies is there as these independent things, and they have so much in common. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. What I like to say is discipleship is happening anytime folks are gathered together, two or three or five or hundreds, uh, and the scriptures are opened, and the goal is transformation. And so that's happening in all of these environments. Mm -hmm. and, and Aaron's right. Uh, you know, the way we say it, we didn't come up with this, um, is uh, in these the classes and the studies, you're going to learn the Bible really well. Um, at, at home group, you're going to learn how to live mm -hmm. the Bible. Hmm. Um, and so there's a different focus, but, but learning and living is happening in each of those. It's yes. just, you know, some of the time and some of the focus is shifted towards one or the other. And then there's this great um, link in that you're more equipped in a small yeah. group because you don't just study mm -hmm. uh, the book of the Bible that you're studying. You learn how to study. Mm -hmm. And so then that yeah. personal time, you know, sometimes you hear folks say, I'm, I'm reading, but I'm not really getting anything yeah. out of it. And so it's kind of a bore and it's a struggle. And so I'm not that great at it. So I don't do it that often. Well, if you learn how to, if you learn how to mine the scriptures mm. and, and find um, the, the nuggets 
and it makes you want to do it more. And so that's one of the things we learn how to do in things like core and our Bible studies is learn how to study the scriptures and mm-hmm. draw out from uh, what, what, what's in the text. It's there and how to discover it and go after it. And so I think, um, you know, like I said, one of the major accountability questions we normally ask is how's your time with the Lord? And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it's, ah, it's rough and I'm not getting much. You're going to get it if you know how to study the word. Mm-hmm. And we're, yeah. We'd love to teach you how to study yeah. the word. And so there's a great partnership mm-hmm. uh, between groups and classes and studies, and there's uh, a lot of unity and goals in the same. And just mm-hmm. as a stamp on like the generational <clears throat> piece of this, mm-hmm. our kids are doing this too. Our, our students oh. do this too. Yeah. Like they're in the large setting, but they break up into smaller groups yep. and they discuss things. Our students, I was there last night mm-hmm. and they were in the room getting a dose of Philippians yeah. chapter two. And then they break up with small group leaders, guys with guys, girls with girls, and they're talking about real life and how to apply this thing. And they know one another and they're praying for one another. And each week the group leaders are asking them, how are you doing? And and so it's it's because your discipleship was not meant to bloom in isolation. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. yeah it no just one grows stagnant. in isolation. <laughs> and so it, it, it blooms when we're together, when mm-hmm. we are known and intentionally making ourselves known within the body. Mm-hmm. And that is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We all have blind spots. And yeah. if you're just with you and you're, you know, I got Jesus <laughs> in me, mm-hmm. or maybe I slip into church right after the first song starts and I'm, I'm running out after you are loved <laughs> and it's just me and Jesus the rest of the week, I've got blind spots and I can become really affirmed in those yeah. uh, and, and be comfortable in those. And, and, and the thing about blind spots is you don't see them. Huh. You're unaware that you have yeah. them. And, uh, and so you need other people in your life, you know, lovingly through relationship. And that's why community and fellowship is so important. Mm-hmm. I love you, brother. I see this. I'd love to just make you aware of it and, and walk with you in it. There's got to be a lane for us to have those discussions. You should be doing group. You should be doing life with people at the church who from time to time cause you to say, I've never thought about it like that. Mm-hmm. I've never seen that. Yeah. That's, a, that's a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. I don't, you, I just, you can't mature alone. There's no right. committed Christian uh, who hasn't decided to commit to other Christians. Mm. Iron sharpens iron, yeah. and iron can't be sharpened mm-hmm. if there's no friction with other mm-hmm. believers yeah. or with another iron. And yeah. so... That's important. One thing, so we're talking about like the beauty of it. We've benefited from it. But as as pastors and directors at a church whose job is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry, we see the equipped saints doing the work of the ministry at large through small groups. Yeah, I mean, sure. we pretty much breathe a sigh of relief. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and we, we exalt Jesus <laughs> whenever we hear all yeah. the stories. Tell a little bit about how we just like that's a good place to land like where do we see god being glorified through small group leaders Mm -hmm. and small groups in our church Mm -hmm. how have you seen it gosh so much uh you know lots of stories are flooding my brain and right now i'm filtering like (laughs) which one because you because there's you our inboxes are full of plenty of things (laughs) that we cannot get to yes like that's what that's one of the things i wanted to say is groups can do things that pastors can't yeah right i can minister uh, to uh, I'm physically one human being in one place with only so many hours a day with all the constraints that that brings. Mm-hmm. And so I'd love to, uh, you know, watch the kids of every marriage in our church that needs a night out. <laughs> I can do that. Yeah. But if they're in a group, all the groups together can do that. And so uh, that's one of the things I do for our group is, mm-hmm. can I just bring over your kids? And, and, and I, I can do that for the 15 or 17 in my group. Yeah. In a way that, and so we have a heart to do those things. We're just physically in it. We, there's no way we can. Mm-hmm. And so that's, and the other thing is, it's a beautiful picture of the body being the body. We're not meant 
to do all that work. Mm-hmm. We're not supposed to. It's not good that we do that, to vote to prayer and equipping and teaching. And then, golly, what a, what a blessing and a joy it is to be able to serve somebody, um, to, to offer the gift of a night out for parents. and have it, It's a blessing to be able to offer that. You know, so yeah, groups can do a lot of things that mm-hmm. we have a heart to do, would love to do, we just mm-hmm. we're just limited. Yeah, go ahead, Aaron. Well, I was just say, I I mean, I've seen a handful of our small groups, and some of them, it feels like some of them get all of the hard things. <laughs> like there's just a few groups out there that, like, man, one they'll love on somebody, and something real hard is going on, and then, you know, the next week you find out another person in their small group's got this other really hard thing going on. And um, you see uh, their needs come up to leadership if it needs to through small group. Like if you got a, a great small group leader who's like, hey, there's this, this family in my church, they really need something. But that small group also, you know, through the simplest things of a meal train, if a new baby's coming or uh, someone's in the hospital um, or, you know, if uh, an, an older one in the small group can't get to their mowing their lawn that week, like like really, really simple hands and feet sort of stuff. Um, I've seen um, just a bolstering of prayer in small groups over hard things, which I think is, you know, we talk about prayer a lot here, but that's somewhere where you really see prayer, um, I don't know, just gain tra- a little bit more traction with people. It's like, we're just going to gather together and pray on this. We're going to fast and pray on this specific thing. Mm. Um, and I think, yeah, so like we could call our church to something like that, and you call and talk six hundred people, you know, over something that maybe isn't quite as personal to them. But if you have your small group and you've got someone who's, you know, got a like a terrible diagnosis, and you just want to, hey, let's get together and fast and pray over this together. Such a beautiful way to see the church and the and the body of Christ come around someone that they love, because mm-hmm. um, they know them. Those are a few ways that I've seen yeah. small groups just really care well for one another mm. and minister the word to one another and um just really show the love of christ um in really really tangible ways yeah it's those one another's um mm-hmm. so we can hear each other's burdens and remind each other of god's promises um and uh one of the illustrations i like uh, i didn't come up with this either everything is stolen <laughs> you've, uh, read, you've read a lot of books if you're driving <laughs> along a mountain and you're on a road and there's a cliff on one side a drop off uh would you rather have a guardrail on the road or a trauma hospital down below? Mm-hmm. And uh, the truth is, is I, I'd rather have both. I'd, I'd love a good <laughs> trauma hospital. I want that deep uh, biblical soul care. I want mm. that lane yeah. for the really, really hard things for the folks who are just about to get divorced and they're going to give it one shot in counseling or whatever. But man, if you have a guardrail, um, you, you never end up at the bottom of the cliff yeah. mm. you, because you've got a guard. And so that's one of the ways that I see small group being a benefit so. in our church is, um, you know, there have been things that I've heard over the years in small group and accountability things like, I think I might've flirted with a coworker last week. Um, here's kind of what happened. And man, if you catch somebody at that stage and they're willing to say it, yeah. right. Yeah. They trust they you or they've walked, you've walked mm-hmm. with them. Yeah. So there's gotta be some relationship there and some trust. Yeah. And, and so if that's there and they, they're willing to say that, that's, you know, that's an earlier stage of, of where, I mean, Mm. you keep saying yes to that impulse and we know where that leads, but you, you draw it out right there in small group and accountability and, and it's the guardrail and and that, and you're able to do work on it right there. Mm. And and so that's a, that's a wonderful thing. I've I've seen that. I've seen folks be spurred on. There was a guy a couple of years ago 
that uh, actually wanted to do a podcast, wanted to start a podcast. And it was one of those things where he talked about it for a long time. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm kind of still thinking about it, still thinking about it, still thinking about it. And one of the questions that night was like, how can we spur each other on? Mm. What is it that you see that you would like to just draw out of somebody Mm -hmm. else? And I remember the leader that night saying, I want to draw this out of you. Mm -hmm. I think it's in you. I think you've got it. I think it's great. I think it's, 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 um, you know, all these things. And I, you got to take a step and do it. Mm. And, uh, and so just again, that's not going to happen in a room of 600. I don't know your thing. I'd love to, I'd love to draw that out. Mm -hmm. I'd love to tell you exactly how I see God using you. I just don't know you that well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but the more I know you, the more we trust each other to draw that out of you. And so there's, there's tons of examples like that. Some that I like rarely does, you know, in a church this size, you hear about people going into the hospital, people having babies, people getting sick and rarely do, does that come to me before it went through a Mm -hmm. small group? Mm -hmm. You know, like what, what often gets to the elder room or Mm -hmm. the pastors. I recently went to someone's house where, uh, the, the husband was dying and in, in hospice care. And by the time I got there, which was kind of early, uh, there had already been a lot of small group action mm-hmm. there. Meals were being taken over. Mm-hmm. People were caring for the okay. spouse and the daughter. And it was just the body of Christ being the body of Christ. That is amazing. Beautiful. And it's really a better testimony of what the church is mm-hmm. versus one pastor doing all of mm-hmm. the ministering. Yeah. Not how it was intended to be. It's yeah. it's the body being the body, mm-hmm. and and another thing too. I remember uh, raking leaves at my house uh, a year ago or a couple years ago, and a small group came over to help mm. me, and I had a ton of leaves. <laughs> and uh, my neighbor, though this this small group pulled up, got out, made it look effortless in twenty minutes, yeah. which would have took me eight hours by yeah. myself. And my neighbor was like, "That was amazing. <laughs> Who were those people?" Yeah. And I said, "That's just the people in my church." They're yeah. just, I love that stuff, man. And yeah. tell me about your church. And mm-hmm. you get the opportunity to say, that's the body being the hands and feet of Jesus. Yeah. We can serve and show the world what we're capable of when we do it together and we yeah. get outside of ourselves. And mm-hmm. that's amazing. Yeah. I think, uh, too, what I've seen a lot in small group that I've really loved, most, most people in the world have some version of community. Maybe your neighbor has a couple of friends that he could ask to come and rake his leaves with him. Sure. Something like that. Yeah. that it probably exists. Um, one of the things I love about the community in the church is that it's community that's based on and unified under the gospel of Christ. Mm-hmm. And it's people who would never hang out together mm. outside of a church yeah. setting, doing life together, mm-hmm. going deep together, finding um, some commonality uh, in, in just random places. But it starts with unity of uh, we, we both believe in the gospel and we're both headed to the same destination and we're both fighting for the same things. And all of that can unify a group that can be split on any number of things. I mean, golly, you know, you just, we, I don't have to talk about all the ways in which we can be divided. Um, but in my own group, you know, we've got folks who I'm, I'm pretty sure had a different way of thinking um, on, on a lot of things in the past. Uh, I, I know that's the case, but we all come together and we're unified and we're all fighting for each other, for the things wow. that really matter, you know? And, uh, and so that's a, I think that's a, that's just a really beautiful picture of, uh, ultimately what heaven will be um, sure. a lot of diverse folks all glorifying God together and kind of being surprised that the other made it maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I was, I think um, in the, in thinking about church as family, I know especially where we live, but just like in society today, like you were saying, I think most people have some sort of like friend group or 
I mean, I, today it feels like most people yeah. don't. It feels like people hmm. are very isolated. So when your neighbor sees a handful of people show up and break your leaves, they're like, I don't have anybody to call to do that, right? Hmm. Um, and when we all like have spread across the United States, we don't live near family. You'd call your family to help you with that kind of stuff. But now there's a little less um, closeness with your your nuclear family, your parents, your siblings, whatever. Hmm. And so church's family in this context is also like, we're there for each other. We, in big ways and small ways, like we deeply, deeply care about your walk with Jesus. Like that's number one priority. But I also care that you're not going to rake your leaves for two weeks straight, right? (laughs) Like I care about that. So that kind of like that, that family feel that we have in this body, it's, you know, it's having fun together. Going and going out and going to the park, taking your kids to the zoo with another family, things like that, um, that are all so often like the ground for gospel conversations mm-hmm. in life. And so the church's family is just such a beautiful picture in small group in the way that people live that out. Such a great point. It's like basically the upside down kingdom thing of Jesus. Yeah. Like, and yeah. in our culture, it is getting more and more so individualistic bad. as yeah. you say that. Really? And so, so you think of, yeah, just it, what, what the early church was, mm-hmm. you know, 3000 souls saved and yet they were meeting in each other's homes and everyone had all things in common yeah. and they were selling their stuff and devoting. Yeah. It's like that had to happen in smaller settings Absolutely. than the 3000 mm-hmm. and the more that were being added. Yeah. And, and that was the family mm-hmm. in a corrupt society. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. I think uh, in I think it was 2000, a book came out called Bowling Alone. Mm-hmm. This is seven years before the iPhone. A book's wow. coming out called Bowling Alone. It's not a Christian book. It's a sociologist, I think. Uh, and it's just that concept of people are going bowling by themselves, like a thing that we used to do together. Mm-hmm. And then since the advent of you know the, the smartphone, <laughs> we've we've mm-hmm. got more ways to stay disembodied. Yeah. Uh, but yet feel as if we're a part of something because yes. we we can find our our community. And maybe even our echo chamber yep. on online through mm-hmm. whatever you know, whatever social media app you use or, or news website or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can you can get like that the the flicker the the glimpse of community, but yeah. it's it's a so lie. Good. It's not yeah. true community. Community is embodied in the same place, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so yeah, I mean, a lot of folks don't have any community. I think a lot of folks uh, find their way into uh things like alcoholism not because it's it's the alcohol so much but just i can go and be known by some people and see Mm -hmm. some people that i saw yesterday and the day before that and find a little bit of community Mm -hmm. um and so man the church can be a light a city on a hill Mm -hmm. a a gospel outpost Um, i love it when folks drive by my house there's horrible parking on my street people have to drive because i'm on a curve and you have to drive so slow Anyways, and then when you've got cars lining both sides, I mean, people just have to crawl through there. I'm sure they roll their eyes a little bit. But we all, I mean, we do dumb things like we make sure all the blinds are open so that people can see a whole bunch of people meeting in a house <laughs> on a night when there's not a Notre Dame game. Um, and, uh, and sometimes we meet outside. You know, if the weather's mm-hmm. nice, we meet out in the backyard. I even want to meet, I want to have a night where we have everybody bring their, uh, like their outdoor chair and just set up in the front yard. Yeah. That would be so fun. I love so I, weird. I love everything you're saying yeah. that you're doing. <laughs> That's so it's convicted great. me this whole time. <laughs> the other thing, and now the kid, children pr- present a little bit of a, it's, it's a little <laughs> bit hard to solve this with kiddos, but meeting in that third space, um, you know, a lot of our, some, we've got some groups that w- where, where the kiddos aren't involved or they're meeting at a Martin's or, you mm-hmm. know, things like around. Yeah. You know, 
a third space where folks in the community can walk by a group of people with their Bibles, Bibles open. open. Yeah. That's so weird now. It is. Uh, but it's a great thing. You know, even just a couple of days ago, we went to a meal together. I don't think you noticed this. Um, but uh, I hadn't I hadn't bought my meal yet, but I turned around and you guys were already praying. You were sitting down ready to eat. And so you were praying and there was two people just looking at you mm. guys. Uh, and I just loved it. I just <laughs> loved it. You know, it wasn't a full gospel presentation or anything sure. like that. But just, yeah, there are people in this yeah. restaurant who love and serve and um, want to thank Jesus for their meal, yeah. you know? And that, I mean, in that, again, with like the group life, it gives you courage to do it out and i mean you know what i mean like oh yeah oh yeah when you're not doing it alone <laughs> yeah yeah it's good it's been an incredible conversation and i think we could go we could Long keep time. going yeah. probably and tell mm-hmm. lots of cool stories if anyone anyone's listening they should be like that sounds amazing yeah and and the the introversion that we have the individualistic <clears throat> nature of our culture mm-hmm. and and just the general fears of of being known in the body probably keep you from these types of things and mm-hmm. our encouragement would be get in a small group and and just find the beauty it is going to take work mm-hmm. and it's not going to always be easy mm-hmm. and you're probably going to be placed somewhere where you might feel a little weird or like it's hard to insert yourself but if you're willing to work through those things that's when you find the beauty mm-hmm. of the body of christ and mm-hmm. the family of god and if you're willing to put in the work of those things it's it's just so worth it mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. You, yeah we've seen that happen in the lives of people who have who have taken the step yeah. and it proves to bear good fruit in walking with Christ and keeping with salvation. As mm-hmm. a small groups pastor who's an <laughs> introvert, the number of times I've looked at my watch on mm. a Thursday night, we have small group tonight, uh, and I've gone, oh man, we got group tonight. Okay, here we go. We can, we can. Yeah. And just kind of like convince myself, yeah. like, we're going to do it. It's going to be great. Uh, <laughs> if, but if I'm completely honest in my flesh, I'd rather just have a chill evening, yeah. an easy, right. uh, calm, chill evening. Um, but man, by the end of small group, we're putting chairs up and we're washing dishes and I'm just thankful and I'm yeah. blessed um, in unexpected ways because uh, that's what, that's what happens when we do life together and we open our Bibles together. The Holy Spirit goes to work through his acting and living word mm-hmm. through the body. Um, and uh, it's a wonderful thing. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's worth it, man. It's Amen. worth the pursuit. And, and if you, it, and if you have thought about leading a small group, you're probably ready sooner than you think you are. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen so many people who are like, I could never do that. And it's like, no, you just have to be hospitable, yeah. love yeah. people, open your home mm-hmm. and we'll provide you with resources and, mm-hmm. and just let the yeah. discussing start happening and the praying start happening. Yeah. And That's the spirit, who God uses. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. God used Moses. Wasn't yeah. ready. <laughs> yeah. David wasn't ready. Yeah. The disciples were fishermen. And it's really not terribly complicated. Yeah. <laughs> like you just, like you said, open your door, invite people in. And two, I would say, like, if you're ready to lead, get to it. But if you're, like, listening to this and you're like, well, I'm not in a group. I don't know. Micah's just giving you exhortation. So now you're ready to do it. Go in bringing something to the table. Like, don't go in being like, hey, you're going to be my small group leader. You're going to care for me. Um, If you are a follower of Jesus, you have something to bring to the table. So don't just show up and say, well, this is my small group and here's all my needs and here's my hot mess. Sure, we want to bring those things too, but like, don't just come empty handed. Um, if you have the spirit in you, you have something to offer. Thanks for listening to For the City, a podcast of Gospel City Church. If you found this episode helpful, we would love it if you'd share it with a friend and make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. We'll see you next time.